I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am McLovin. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello and welcome to the Glacé Film Club and yes we've got another great review lined up for you today and it's the first review of 2021. You know what we go to some dark places in the films that we look at but today we're going to get a comedy out there for you. Yeah it's got some dark themes don't worry we'll still take you to those places but we wanted a bit of a laugh. We wanted to start 2021 with a bit of a laugh so we have got a comedy for you that's just been released on Netflix but before we go into what we're going to be chatting about as always I'm joined by Callum and he's going to give you all of his witty and insightful thoughts on this film. Callum, how are you doing? Thank you for joining me again. Indeed, yeah, no, I'm, I'm all right. Um, a little bit, I feel, I feel a little bit rounder after Christmas. Not, um, <laughs> not necessarily uh, in a mind space in terms of I don't feel as though I've rounded my mind, but I've certainly rounded my waistline. Um, yeah, it was, does happen, doesn't it? It does happen. What was it? What was the main culprit? Was it food? Was it drink? It was a combination of um, beer and cheese. Um, mm, that's going to get you. Yeah, if you've anything that you want to clog your arteries relatively quickly, it's beer and cheese, and also just sat around doing nothing as well. But at the same time, it was absolutely necessary. I needed, I needed just to do nothing and eat and drink, which was nice, I guess. Definitely. Yeah, no, I feel you on that one. I went quite hard on the Stilton. But the problem is that you draw a line after New Year and say, okay, I indulged over Christmas and now it's the New Year. But then you still got leftover food knocking about. Like, I'm still working my way through the mince pies. I'm not just going to throw them mm. away, am I? I've got to get through them before the use-by date. So as much as you think you can draw a line for the New Year, it's still chipping away at the stuff. But hey, what's, what's the odd mince pie going to do in January? I think it'll add to it. And I quite enjoyed it, actually. It feels a bit naughty having one in January. So as to the excitement of the mince pie. But hey, I'll tell you what doesn't change. The quality of these film reviews. We're going to keep them coming to you. And we're ready to go <laughs> hard in 2021. <laughs> We've got loads of stuff we want to chat about. I'm very excited, Callum, for the year coming up about all the conversations we're going to have. And surely this year... Later on, we'll be able to meet up and record a live episode as well in the pub with the clinking of glasses behind us and the murmuring of thoughts and cogs going in our minds. That's what I want, Callum. Can't wait for it. But until then, here we are, remotely doing them, but still delivering the goods and the film. This week is Death to 2020. Very apt. I'm sure a lot of people have had this mindset and thought um, the same notion as the film. But it's a comedy. It's a comedy. It's a look back on the year. What grabbed my attention initially is that it is from the people who produced Black Mirror and, of course, written by Charlie Brooker and co. It's very similar, and I think it was a development of his um, wipe of the year, which he usually does at the end of the year, where he looks back, gives some witty remarks, looks at clips, and just says a lot of hilarious things. But this was a bigger production version of it. He's not in it himself. You can hear his voice in the background asking questions, but there's a lot of big name actors in there. And it's done through different characters giving their review of the year, but from people who were involved and the type of characters that were famous in the 2020 in these fictionalized forms, having a uh, quirky look at the year, providing a lot of comedy. And let's say a lot of the bad things that have happened have been brightened up with the refreshing dark but funnier look that Charlie Brooker gives it. There's a lot of different characters in there, just to name a few. 
we've got a British historian, we've got some, um, an American, like, campaign officer for Trump, we've got, um, a big YouTube-style guy who says he's made a lot of money just vlogging and things like that, very on point, very satirical, as you would expect from Charlie Brooker, and the format is a bit like a kind of documentary review of the year, bouncing between these interviews with all these characters, and like I say, some massive names, I think there's a lot of very funny writing in there, like you'd expect from Charlie Brooker, but big production values, and a bit more of a, a film-type experience. So that's Death to 2020. It's about 1 hour 10, so quite a unique length of a film, a bit longer than you'd expect from an episode of a series, but a bit shorter than a feature-length film, but I think it worked um, very well in terms of length. But that's the overview, Callum. Straight off the bat from watching it, what was your just feel of the general result of this new style that Charlie Brooker has done in the form of Death to 2020? Well, I was already a huge fan of Charlie Brooker anyway. I, I routinely looked forward to his uh, yearly wipes. And back when he did a weekly wipe as well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed his uh, his cutting uh, humour. Um, I, I, th- I, I, I thought it was great. I feel like you've got to have... Um, you've got to be invested in that style of humour, though, I think, to really sort of find the all the different Definitely. nuances of it. Um, appreciate the nuances of the humour, I guess. Um, I guess it's it's like a mockumentary, I guess, isn't it? It's kind of just yeah, basically, sure. it it's basically mocking all the different institutions that claim to have authority in society, and saying, well, actually, it's just that they they don't know as they don't know anything really. I mean, you've got the sort of the reporter from the New Yorkly News, who actually is um, probably one of the most. Uh, it's played by Samuel L. Jackson. He's probably the one that has the most integrity out of them all, really. Um, and you've got sort of... Yeah. It, it's basically taken loads of different experts that the, that the news peddle to us, like a historian, Tennyson Foss, quintessentially quite conservative and right out of touch with uh, the contemporary, I guess, which is, again, quite funny uh, for a, from a historian's perspective, I guess. And you've got like behavioural psychologists in there and a, a gig economy millennial... Um, Mm-hmm. A CEO of these tech companies that have profited massively from uh, people's insecurities and COVID generally, and then just the icing on the cake was the the soccer mom, which uh, just a typical like stereotype of a, um, I guess what people would call a Karen, maybe, or is it a Sharon? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah, actually yeah, know. Yeah. Is it a Sharon or a Karen? I, I think no, it's a Karen. Karen, you're right. There. Is it Karen? Right. Um, but yeah, she's like. Uh, obsessed with all these conspiracy theories and just basically believes anything that she reads on the internet um i just love the fact that it's it's a cutting critique of um how society's become um mm-hmm. i think the sort of the 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 deep in it the, the the lack of critical thought that's applied to uh news and um the fact that anyone can have an an opinion and then that opinion is represented as a fact i think charlie brooker's massively giving the middle finger to that idea the idea that um just because someone has an opinion it means that uh that is equivalent to a fact even though they've just kind of read some one source on the internet um i just loved it so much i loved it so much i feel like i've been speaking to my brother about this um literally the other day about how online you see articles um that uh tell you how many minutes you have to read it and mm-hmm. it's like you, know, you can engage with this particular world issue for a maximum of 11 minutes and then <laughs> suddenly understand it 
and it's just like it just yeah. doesn't really work like that um and i feel like charlie brooker is absolutely attacking that idea um of uh sort of consumable uh knowledge and what it means and he's done it so eloquently it's in the script represented in it through the guises of all these different characters um mm-hmm. quite big names in it as well some really big names huge uh, got Hugh Grant, Samuel Jackson, Lisa Kudrow, which I thought her character was brilliant. She's playing yeah, the Trump yeah, yeah. spokes spokeswoman. That was good. Yeah, that um, idea, really peddling the idea of like um, changing history and changing the mm. idea of facts, where she just like deny stuff and that actually happened and was presented with evidence of it. And I thought that was hilarious. It's so true to what has happened with the Trump administration, but so kind of tear your hair out crazy because you can't deal with that if someone just flat denies um an allegation how can you engage in an argument with it because there's no base to do it and it just pedals that even more and just shows you how crazy that is but how that idea how that real kind of quite far-right conservative mindset has ridden that wave quite successfully and how kind of hard it is to break down but i agree with you in terms of what you said how it how it looks uh, last year because the two main themes that it looks at are polarization and then obviously the pandemic two of the big things that happened but what you've just mentioned there about people's kind of looking at an issue for a small period of time and think they understand it i think that's really interesting the idea that we were living in polarized societies going into the pandemic but then the big issue for these polarized societies to deal with was the pandemic so that has been laid on a framework of polarizations obviously people's views of it have been polarized and this is why you get that character of the real conspiracy theorist um going mad of stuff that she's read online and also within the trump administration denying things claiming things changing the views on things based on how the science goes but then saying that they were always on board for something so i think they really grabbed that really well and then just overall what i love about it is that classic charlie brooker take like the humor like you said it's a certain sense of humor if you're not into it you'll probably hate the whole thing and this isn't saying it in a snobbish way of looking down going oh if you don't get it then that's your own bad it's saying this is a sense of humor that it's a certain style and i think it is it's quite dark and if you don't buy into that darkness then you won't get all the benefit of it but the great thing that charlie brooker does is gives you a laugh gives you a lot of comedy but at the same time he's providing you with some actual quite serious and poignant moments and i think especially when it talks about the race issues in america and what happened with the black lives matter movement there's actually a period of time in the film probably a good five ten minutes where it's quite sincere and i think delivers very well on that and especially Samuel L. Jackson's character, he's kind of loosely in character at that point, but I think a lot of the stuff that he actually says is very sincere and from him, and that's basically what I think the success of this film is, is hilarious, got all the humour you'd expect and want from Charlie Brooker, but it's actually giving you something to think about, and it's quite poignant. Did you kind of find that as well? Yeah, no, definitely. The um, I read a few interviews with Charlie Brooker um, about when he was... Um, producing uh black mirror and um, i guess black mirror it, it, it's a different it's, it's another side of the same coin really with death to 2020 but what he said was that like sometimes you can find to try and find a uh, seriousness in a topic you can 
explore that through um humor um and then that humor can become durable and it's quite easy to 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 flip that humor as well in the sense that attacking like a stalker mom is quite funny um and seeing how like people can be susceptible to these crazy conspiracy theories that's quite funny but then to juxtapose that with actual serious issue and be like oh actually no this is society and this is where people get their information from and to juxtapose that with samuel jackson's um comments about black lives matter and race in america i think is quite powerful um and i think to to explore these big issues through the lens of that dark humor i think it's really effective because it creates that dynamic of oh you can let you it's two two extreme two ends of the spectrum isn't it you can laugh at this person and what she represents but then at the same time um to then be juxtaposed with a really serious comment on racial politics i think it, it does work i really i really liked that that juxtaposition and, and brooke has spoken about that in quite a few interviews the thing that um, yeah. struck, struck me most about it was um it just highlights how vacuous society is and this is classic brooker in terms of just like um it's quite bordering on nihilist in a way it's just like oh what is the point there's just no point like there's just idiots and and people who are just who claim to represent um the interests of the masses or people who are given platforms to just to try and make sense of um society but then just churn out the same crap over and over again i mean the fact that the hugh grant the historian's called tennyson foss is just hilarious i mean <laughs> it's just it is just mocking the institutionalized um conservatism of academic of academic life of uh scientific life and and then juxtaposing that with sort of like the gig economy and like uh, and the ceos of these tech companies that aren't really adding any value to anyone's life they're just in but Chuck Brooker makes no apologies. It's basically just sucking the life out of you. And then again, juxtaposed with like um, Queen Elizabeth II, who's in it as well. And it's just I mean, like that's hilarious, including the Queen. It's the so funny. <laughs> it's just so funny. But it's it is it is that, isn't it? It's like people's faith and people's. Um, uh, I guess the word is faith. I guess people's faith that in, they invest it in in tech and na- the nation and the Queen and like history and culture and things like that and you know like i said earlier about um how because the sock because you know kathy flowers the soccer mom has an opinion therefore it's given the same the same grounding and the same importance as as like as someone who a behavioral psychologist or someone who's trained or been educated in a particular field it's it's just it, again. It, it reminded me of that Stuart Lee joke. I know that we both we're both massive fans of Stuart Lee, but it's when he goes, um, when he goes, uh, you know, I don't know anything about climate change, biology, earth movements, uh, or literature about uh, oceanic drift or like like currents or anything. But but I think that climate change is made up, and it just it just highlights that that. The sort of the, yeah. the I guess the ignorance of of it all, and um, but then also the spread of that, and that's kind of what he challenges with the tech owner, the billionaire tech owner, and this is probably what mm. ties most into his Black Mirror stuff. But when they're asking him questions and saying to him, 
um, kind of what have you achieved through this? And he kind of says that joke when he, the line where he's kind of saying how long it takes someone to be radicalized using Facebook or something like that. And he goes, oh, we're actually trying to get that down to five minutes. And yeah. it's the idea of, well, you can spread information and make it really attractive and convincing to people from an article that anyone could write with no information or actual basis for that. But yet then it becomes high level a high-level source, really, and really depletes and lowers down credible sources. And then you look at people who actually do real research and the thought put into stuff is on the same level as someone who's just written an article and it's been shared because they seem to then get the same platform. I fully understand what you get there. Just picking up on the characters themselves, because obviously this is driven by characters. It's a mockumentary, it's interviews with these characters. But I just go and say... The characters are so well written in this. When you were talking about the the guys in the gig economy, becomes a YouTuber and he says, "Oh, I made sixteen million dollars last year." And he's just reacting to these um, yeah. current issues. And the Trump campaigner, I love that Diane Morgan is in it, uh, who plays Philomena Kunk in um, oh, in yeah. her own series, yeah, but yeah. in uh, the the yearly wipe that he does. She's hilarious playing that character of the kind of quite uh, ditzy, ignorant, but just kind of away with the fairies uh, person. And she does it fantastically there. But what I wanted, what I was going to say in regards to the characters, this definitely pushes it. I feel like he reads them so well and therefore writes in there. So just a little touches like I was saying with the gig economy and then becoming the YouTuber, just things like that. It's quite a, a kind of niche line to go down, but it's spot on. And like all the points that the little aspects of the characters have, like with the soccer mum, they make sense. And you can see where it links to things that have happened in real life. And they're funny to laugh at, but also what he's done so well in making these characters funny to laugh at, you also then go, but these are real and that's what 2020 has been about is comedy characters becoming real characters. And then you laugh at them through the film Death to 2020 as comedy characters. But then the real cutting Black Mirror type edge comes to you when you realize that you're laughing at something that's real and exists and will continue to exist in what might be a growing and important form. So for me, I think he gets the writing of the characters bob on. And the fact that he's got the big names in there just adds to that production. But I think... The writing is what really makes this and also just how um, perceptive it is to the world and little changes and things like that. What was your kind of view of the characters and any one specifically? I do, you know, yeah, Diane Morgan. I'm glad that you picked up on that because I was literally just going to say, like, she's described as an average citizen. Yeah, Which, <laughs> when he says, oh, we ran it through the system, you're like one of the most five most average people in the world. Yeah, and it's just, it is just so, um, it's just a, it's just a comment on how people, we're so insignificant as, as people, and we create this sort of um, world where, like, people are ascribed importance based on a, of many vacuous, arbitrary things, and yeah, I mean, he just re- he does read the characters and re- he reads society really, really well. Um, yeah. Like when he, the scientist is a Pyrex flask, like that's his name. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And it, it, again, it's just a it's just a nod to um, the lack of uh, seriousness that for some bizarre reason that uh, in a mainstream way that we tend not to focus on on knowledge or or importance. It's more about culture. 
like I said earlier about um, like the queen and tech and sort of radicalization of of anything. It's like convince mm-hmm. someone why you need to own this or buy this or do this. It's you know we've we had this we had similar conversations when we were doing the Truman Show over the summer. Um, yeah, that's, that, yeah, that's basically what that film's critiquing, isn't it? Um, but mm-hmm. what Brooke has done is that. Did you not find though, like, because the average citizen? I mean, it sounds it sounds condescending, but I, I do on a daily basis when I watch the news, my head is in my hands a lot of the time. Just like, yeah. oh, for crying out loud, not not again! As if this idea is gaining traction again. It's just like, oh Christ! Did you not think that you were you were laughing at these characters? But actually, this is the society in which we live, and whilst it's crying, you know, laughing, yeah, it's cr- the crying, cr- laughing yeah, emoji. It, if we want to give it the modern take, yeah, it's, it's it's crying because this is actually what society is. It's yeah. <laughs> it's just do you not do you not find that like yeah yeah were, yeah well absolutely because you... it's the interesting idea that even for example you're on the BBC now, so the BBC is meant to be this very independent, highly credible british source and then you're reading an article about the vaccines that are being used and yet they still have to put a paragraph in there saying oh a lot of these um vaccines have been criticized by people who have said that they're they're um, trying to control us and have got microchips in but these aren't um got any evidence to back them up but the fact that they have to mention this shows how big these ideas have gotten and the traction that they've gained online that the bbc have to make a remark in an article about a vaccine just to confirm you know all these mad conspiracy theories just to say there's no evidence and they're not correct like that's crazy and like you were saying about the idea of having the average citizen in the news is if you think about the line of who appears in the news you have the news reader reading the researched content and doing an independent view on it you have the viewpoints of the experts but then you have the average citizen there as well all having a same say and influence on there which is really interesting i mean this is news culture but that increases more and more because of the social media influence and that is fascinating you bob on there when you say that and that character of diane margham um is very funny but the comment it makes is fantastic i I totally get you there just going back to what i mentioned before about how it explores polarization what for you did it stand out about that? Because obviously you've got the start of the year um, before the pandemic, which it, it has a look at, but then also the comments it makes about Western countries, mainly America and the UK, how when the pandemic was growing in its early phases, kind of thought we were a bit better and above it and it wouldn't affect us and that kind of idea of superiority and isolationism and it ties that into this polarization that's within the kind of Western world at the minute. What were your thoughts and what it depicted and how that actually connects and corroborates with what's going on in real life? Well, it was just it was just really depressing, wasn't it? I mean, I remember back in February, well, sort of start of March, and like the government advice to try and stop um, a virus that could kill you, the actual... <clears throat> advice that was given to the public by the British government was to sing happy birthday and then wash your fucking hands as if like, (laughs) you know what I mean? That was, that was the advice that was given. And like, and then like you had all that stuff on social media with like bands releasing 
like they were washing their hands to their own songs. I think the Killers did it to Mr. Brightside. You know, like Brandon yeah, Flowers yeah. washing his hands singing Mr. Brightside. I was just like, really? This is society right now. Like everything that scientists and medical professionals and doctors and know that have known about the virus since December and tried to tell the government that no, we need to take this seriously. And then like that's the advice that's given. I just think, and then to go from that, and then like to where we are now, like with a, a rate climbing higher than what it was in March, I just, I do genuinely just think, for the love of God, like, what, I, there are, I, I struggle, I struggle to put it into words a lot of the time, and I think that's what Brooker's, I think the reason why I liked it was just because, like, oh yeah, Brooker's just done, through caricature, has just basically explained the year, in the sense that, like, we've given voices and given platforms to the peep to people that genuinely know nothing about what they're talking about i mean the yeah. the hugh grant character for example tennyson foss when he's like talking about game of thrones and it's like oh no that actually happened in history because i've written about it and it's just like <laughs> yeah. um i just i just thought it was quite a powerful way to sort of mock our relationship with knowledge i think um definitely definitely uh, and it is very like everything that he does it's that tongue-in-cheek point in laughing but in a very dark way and very much the footage that they include and pick is on point and that clip of boris johnson saying when he went to a covid ward and shook everyone's hand does not (laughs) date well that's been using so many things anyway but obviously it was perfect for this and that sums up the kind of changes that has happened in 2020 and that's explored through everything that they do in this film before we end, I want to bring it back round to the comedy column because we said we were going to try and give a light note for this first review of the year. Mm, and we've indeed, gone to the yeah. dark places that it goes to. But let's round it off with just talking a bit about the comedy. And what I wanted to say about it is that even though it gave those views and insights into the year and laughing and mocking and looking how ridiculous a lot of the things that have happened, especially by people in power, just the little lines that are delivered through the voiceover and in the interviews are hilarious. Classic Charlie Brooker style. One of them just stands out to me. They're kind of just little sarcastic comments as well when it was showing Joe Biden as well, that little piece about the run-up to the election. And yeah. it shows him getting voted in and then he's at a rally and he's just like doing a little dad jog on the stage and just the line is like a presidential candidate and part-time jogger Joe Biden and it shows him and it's just little quips like that beyond the kind of deep bigger messages that he gives from it he's so good at those little funny lines which are kind of tongue-in-cheek a bit cheeky bit funny bit sarcastic they get me like those that i've been laughing for them for like 10 seconds after it and miss what's been said because amongst all the bigger themes he explores those will cripple me and for me that's the real victor of the film is bringing that style of comedy letting it loose on the world and on the topics and it delivers every time and in this format i thought it works as well if not better than the usual wipe of the year does what did you think about the comedy did it get you as much as it normally would do um, I mean, like I said, I I love and I love anything that Charlie Brooker does anyway. Um, I was always going to enjoy it just because I love his style of humor. Um, yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I I really I just really really enjoyed it. There was nothing in it to me that I thought could have been done like better. I think it just it just worked. Like all the different components mm-hmm. came together. Like you know, you had the um the average citizen, the Pyrex flask that was a scientist. Um, you had. 
uh, Tennyson Foss, and then Samuel Jackson as the report from the New Yorker. I just and the thing that I liked about it actually that was slightly different to the usually weekly wipes or the yearly wipes is that it's the yearly wipes are genuinely focused on what's happening in the UK majority of the time. Whereas this mm, this yeah. went the the cast was went quite big. I was quite shocked when I saw like Samuel Jackson and Hugh Grant like a big, quite a big like same. Netflix thing. I was I was quite shocked to see those characters um in the same uh sort of on the, in the same sort of film as uh as someone who you're used to seeing on like maybe like you know Mock the Week or sort of low budget BBC or Channel Four comedies in the UK um like big Hollywood stars like Samuel Jackson talking alongside. Philomena Kunk <laughs> like I just thought yeah, it was quite yeah, funny yeah. in that respect um but yeah the uh t- there's a Tennyson Foss quote when he talks about um uh Biden is Uncle Joe or something um uh as familiar he's been part of their lives for eight centuries as 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 well in fact let me just quickly find it it's uh oh here it is as as familiar as an old armchair and nearly as sharp-witted I just thought I was like that 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 just that, that is just such a good line to sum up people's yeah, relationships yeah, yeah. with um with politics. It's like, oh well, he's familiar, we know him, we feel comfortable, yeah. nothing's gonna change, but you know, you feel comfortable sat in an old armchair. Um But yeah, the history books covering this period will have been written in crayon by a dog. <laughs> yeah. Like so Brilliant. many lines so many, you could quote so from it all day long. You really you really could. Um but yeah, I was always gonna enjoy it anyway, but for me, the thing that stood out was the uh, the fact that these you know big characters sat alongside yeah. each of them together, and it just worked. It really did. Well, thank you, Callum. I think we're going to have to round this up now because we've had a very good chat about it, covered a lot. Mm. I'm going to give you my little overview and thoughts, mark out a 10, and I'll pass it over to you. So to summarise... As I mentioned, I love the usual style of comedy of Charlie Brooker, but the fact that we've got this bigger production value, which could have easily gone in the wrong direction and that comedy not have gone through with the different actors in there because normally it's delivered by him himself and then getting other people to go through it. But it cuts so well. Having it, like you said, go a bit more worldwide, I think works. It gave different views on the issues and allowed different jokes to be made. But at the same time, it was making serious comments about serious themes. And I think was poignant at points, especially with the race issues and the Black Lives Matter segment, especially with Samuel L. Jackson's delivery. I think it made great points, delivered them very well and cut through the comedy to give some serious actual um, points and evidence and showed it off in a very good way. My only thing that's stopping me from giving it the full marks is that I just missed Charlie Brooker. I know his voice was in it, but I wanted to see him. I wanted to see his face. I wanted to see the the sadness and how he was depressed (laughs) by the year. Maybe he could have played a character, but hey, who am I to say? I thought it was excellent. It made me laugh. I was a bit sceptical at first whether the comedy would come through, but after 10 minutes, I was in pieces and didn't stop laughing until the end. So for me, it's a 9 out of 10. Thoroughly enjoyed it, and I think I'll probably actually watch it again because, like you said, there were so many great lines in it. There would have been ones that you missed, and it will just keep getting funnier throughout. Callum, what was your overview and rating, please? Yeah, so, I mean, I I like the fact that you could really crease with laughter um things that are society but at the same time quite easily slip into crying um which i make a joke quite a lot about how i cry myself to sleep because of the state of the world that's in uh routinely but um for me this this uh film it juxtaposes the 
the the comedy element with some quite serious issues and the way it critiques all these different arcs of society like i've said earlier about our relationship with knowledge and um our obsession with tech like big tech and um conspiracy theories and and just not really bothering to sort of really challenge and question the the information you read in i think it it's absolutely on point with that like the way it the way it explores those themes through all these different characters whether it be an average citizen or a pyrex flask um i agree i agree with you completely uh, i i would have loved to have seen a bit more charlie brooker just as um in it just because i just love his you know his his tired eyes and his the fact that he just looks so pissed off all the time um some people can have described me as charlie brooker not nearly not not because not you in terms have, of writing ability <laughs> Yeah, but like just in terms of just how I look, <laughs> how I sound, maybe I don't know. How tired so, you look. So, <laughs> like just, I just sound constantly pissed off or sarcastic or a combination of the two. Um, however, uh, yeah, for me, I agree. Nine out of ten, really, really good. Um, I do actually have some positive news for twenty twenty as well. Um, yes. Donald Trump is no longer on Twitter. Yes, he's yes. been taken. He's, he's been taken off. There. There we go. So that that's that's the that's a nice thing to ease us into twenty twenty one. Let that be our beacon of hope. Indeed, like, exactly. Um, but yeah, for me, yeah, nine out of ten. Thank you. And I think that's a lovely way to round off. Let's have some positivity taking us into the rest of the year. And thank you once again, Callum, for joining me. The first review of the year, as I said before, can't wait to dive into some more as the year goes on. There's going to be plenty to talk about, I am sure. And let's hope there's more positivity to come. And that's all we've got for this episode. Thank you for everyone who's been listening. I hope you enjoyed the chat. And we also hope you enjoyed the film Death to 2020. We'll be back very soon with some more great reviews, some big films we've got lined up, and we'll be sharing our thoughts and views as always. That's it from the Glass A Film Club. Enjoy yourself until the next episode, and we will be back. See you later.